I'm Amanda, and this is Not Your Granny's Quilt Show. Welcome to today's episode. I have Kate Hay of the famous Instagram Quilt with Miss Kate. If you have not seen her reels and her posts on Instagram, I think you should go give her a follow. She is just real and raw on Instagram about quilting and sewing with what you have and sewing with what you love. And she's just bringing a level of authenticity to the quilty world that is just like, for me, I appreciate it so much. And she's just a fun, good time. And so I, I mean, we cover everything from like, um, obviously quilting to, um, moving all over the place. She's lived a bunch of different places and just life in general. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Kate and let's get into it. Howdy, my friends. If you are new here, then you probably don't know that there is a Not Your Granny's Quilt Show Patreon. That's right. We have a Patreon. So if you love the show and you want to support, head on over to patreon.com slash Not Your Granny's Quilt Show. In the paid tier, you will receive a Not Your Granny's Quilt Show sticker sent right to your door, as well as exclusive early access to the week's new episode. So head on over to patreon.com slash not your granny's quilt show and check it out. You guys, I am loving, loving my merch. I just got recently the new t-shirt, the new hoodie, um, the new mug, and I'm just loving everything. I check to make sure that everything is super high quality, washable, wearable, and stays nice for longevity. So head on to the merch shop. It's nygqs.printify.me to check out what's available. That's nygqs.printify.me. The link is down below. And one last plug for heading over to Apple Podcasts to leave a five-star review. When I hit 50 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, I'm going to do a huge merch giveaway. So head on over to Apple podcasts and leave a five-star review. And now on to the episode. Welcome to the show, Kate. I'm so excited to have you here today. How are you? I'm so excited to be here. This is actually my first ever podcast. So I've like anxious eat 18 times this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's always me. I'm like, I'm nervous. I have to pee even though I don't, it's fine. (laughs) So that's my morning, but so excited to be here and get to talk to you about quote world. Yes. My favorite thing. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yay. Well, I have seen like a million of your Instagram reels and I just love you, but I want to go back for anybody who doesn't know like your story of quilting and how you got into it. So let's go there. Yeah. It's a kind of weird story, but I guess everyone's like, villain origin story of quilt world is a weird one so I was homeschooled um and so my mom was like we're gonna learn everything about everything and so when I was 12 one of the learn everything about everything classes was a quilt class and so um she and I took it together so we are co-first generation quilters people ask all the time like did your mom teach you because my mom has a large quilt store and I'm like nah girl she (laughs) was being like I don't know what a quarter inch seam is either. I'm not either. And so um, they had these like big books, you know, like coffee table books of quilts. 
And they were just like, pick one, whatever your heart desires. And as a 12 year old, what my heart desired was a twin size Dresden quilt plate quilt. Yeah. Um, bead sack reproduction fabrics on an unbleached muslin. Sure. Was what my my 12 year old self was like, oh, peak. And so I did that. And what's crazy about all of that is I also, my teacher had me like draw out the blades on cardboard and then use that as a template and then like draw around it with a pencil and then cut it out with scissors. Mm. I did because I didn't know better. And that's what told me to do. And so I did it. And then... So I've cut all these pieces out with cardboard and scissors. And um, and then I hand pieced it all using silk thread. Whoa. <laughs> and so a twin size. Okay. And that was my first ever quilt. Yeah. And then we hand quilted <laughs> it. What? So everything by hand. You were just like. Everything by hand, except for the sashing. She let us put sashing on with a machine. I don't know where that came from, but, um, wow. but yeah, no. So it was all done by hand, uh, as a actual child. And I actually think that's the thing about beginners. They're fearless because yeah. they don't know any better, which is wonderful mm-hmm. because although I think if somebody was like, Kate, do you want to do this project? This exact same project you did when you were 12, I'd be like, that sounds hard, but You're as a 12 year old, I was like, it speaks to my soul. I can do it. I did. <laughs> so, yeah, right. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. So that was my first ever quilt ever. And then, um, my mom for like, I think two years would take just like, you know, your regular ruler and on anything that was like a longer seam, she would literally draw in pencil, the quarter inch seam line and just be like, just sew on that line. And so oh. I just sewed on that line and she just drew on every single and if I messed up which I did right um she would have me unpick it and sew another line and be like okay it's fine try it again and so I learned a quarter inch seam wow so um so that was all 22 years ago now so I've been in quilt world for 22 years this year which is insane wow Um, and so quilted and then my first job ever was at a quilt store where I'm pretty sure they just hazed me because all they did was fold fat quarters for like eight months, Ugh. which I didn't mind at the time. Actually, I still love folding fat quarters, but mm. that's like definitely my actual job for years. And then I said, I'm never going to work in a quilt store again. And then my mom became a manager of a quilt store and I was like, okay, one exception. <laughs> and, so her, and I was like, this is great. Then I went to college, did my degrees, got fancy jobs, moved across the world um, multiple times. And then my mom bought Patchwork Plus, which is in Dayton, Virginia. Shout out, mama. And um, <laughs> it's the largest quilt store in Virginia. And she, I was living in the Bahamas at the time. And she was like, will you move home and manage the shop? And I was like, absolutely. If, and only if, if I get cold or bored, I can move back to the Bahamas until I feel the need to work again and she <laughs> heal. So I did that for five years on and off Wow. between quilt store Bahamas, quilt store Bahamas. Um, and then I moved back full time for a few years to manage 
And then I was just like, man, I want to get back out and see the world. And I had some friends over at Moda and I called them and I was like, Hey, you guys ever need anyone to like sweep the floor or, you know, take out the trash or anything um, I'm just <laughs> for a change. And they called me back and were like, actually, would you want to be a rep? And I was like, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> You're so, like, pinch me. Hold on. Pinch I know. Me. <laughs> so I repped for um, Moda and Ruby Star Society all throughout the Southeast. So I did that um, kind of the whole pandemic um, when everything was still closed as far as like you couldn't go to restaurants or if you had to pee, there was no rest stops. I mean, it was like it was an adventure, shall we wow. say. But I loved being in and out of fabric stores all day. I got to see everybody's how they run fabric stores differently. Mm-hmm. Um, loved all that. And then I met the great love of my life and um, we moved out here to Maui. And so it was the first time in like my adulthood that I was not like quilty in the quilt world as a job. Mm-hmm. And um, out here, it's obviously a lot of Hawaiian quilting, which is so incredibly gorgeous and seeped in culture and meaning and like, um, you know, it really truly is sacred and yeah. it's wonderful. And I have ADHD, so I cannot, I can't, yeah. I can't do the same project for months, years. I just, I'm not set up for it. And yeah. so I was like, where are my people? And um, I couldn't find them. I couldn't find my people. And I was so used to having quilters. And so I was like, well, they're on the internet. So mm-hmm. now I must learn to internet. <laughs> yeah. So I have been trying to internet ever since so that I could find my quilt besties um, because I was yeah. used to having them kind of provided. So yeah, never had to search for them before. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think, I think yeah. you're doing a great job. Um, I was also homeschooled through, I, I was like second grade to like through sixth grade. I went to a private school in seventh grade and then I was homeschooled again for eighth grade. And then my mom got pregnant with my baby sister and she was like, okay, I'm done like you all have to leave the house. And so my one brother and I were just a year apart. And, um, so she sent us to public like middle school mm-hmm. to get us out of her hair. Cause she still had our younger brother at home. And then my baby sister, we were all homeschooled for a certain length of time. Like my youngest brother is the only one who stayed homeschooled the whole time. The rest of us went to public high school, but yeah. So I feel that homeschool life. Um, so yeah, yeah, we did like art classes at the library and just like different things, but I That's wish quilting was like one of them, but my mom's been sewing forever too. So it's like sewing's always been around, but it wasn't oh. ever quilting until I was like 30. <laughs> and then you were like, wait a minute. Well, my, my friends forced me. Oh, my mom. Friends. I love I, that for you. You know. I know it really is like the best thing that ever happened because now it's like my entire existence is quilting. So I definitely a wonderful world. Like quilt world is a wonderful world to like be just like dedicated to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's really exciting. But so I want to go back to, um, how you ended up in the Bahamas. Were you just like chilling out there? Were you working? Like (laughs) I, um, I, did school and I did work things and I was living in the UK 
um, for a while and I got very cold and mm. rains all the time and it was just very gray and I love the UK but I just got like oh this is gray and drizzly and I called my mom and I was like mom it's just kind of like looks like Eeyore outside every day yeah. and it's like well I saw a job and posting in the Bahamas you should you should sign up and I was like okay and so <laughs> it was a um internship at a, a mission site so they like youth groups would come down and like work on houses and that kind of a thing and so I signed up to be there um hospitality intern and so it was supposed to be like a one summer thing and then um over over the years I got promoted to like head of interns and then head of volunteers and then when they asked me to be the director I was like I'm out I don't I don't want to do that that's I'm too much responsibility responsible. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm like oh no 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 that's <laughs> and they're like then fundraising I was like I don't want to do that I don't want to talk to people about money that sounds scary and yeah. so um, so I packed up my little dog who I found in a trash pit there and <laughs> brought him home with some papers I kind of baked and so if you <laughs> government, I definitely didn't say that they were definitely real papers for sure. For sure. Um, official. <laughs> moved back to the States and started working at mom's full time. So yeah. yeah, that's wild. I just think like, I, cause I literally lived in Boise. I always say my entire life, I went to school in Montana for like three semesters, but then came right back. So like anybody who has like moved all over the place and like taken that risk is always just like so intriguing to me because I've just, I've not really, I've not really taken that risk or taken that chance. And so it's just fun to like learn about why people move and when they move and you know, like what took you there, what took you there. And so at one time, um, so it's my mom, my dad, my brother, and I, and at one time, all four of us were living in different time zones for a summer. And so my brother was living in the Philippines. I was, my mom was living in the States. My dad was living in Israel. And I think I was living in the UK at that time. But so like family get togethers via Zoom was like impossible because none of us lived even yeah. kind of in the same anything yeah. and so yeah. um my, my parents were thrilled my brother now lives in Austin Texas I live here in Maui and mm -hmm. they just think that's the best ever because we all live in the same country and so like isn't this great having the family all together and so yeah they're so. at least close by ish enough to yeah this is the contact well been in like 10 years so wow yeah. wow that's so interesting yeah. It's so funny. Cause like my husband, he grew up moving all over the place. His parents were military and then he went into the air force. Um, and so he's literally like his whole childhood through his like mid twenties was just moving everywhere all the time. And, um, then when he moved to Boise, like he's just been here for over 20 years and he's just like, Hmm. <laughs> like it's okay we can move soon we're we're you know considering options for moving somewhere maybe in Europe um in the, in the near future <laughs> yeah do you yeah. know where you would want to be I mean I'm not saying nail it down right now no yeah no we've kind of thrown some ideas around I 
I visited Spain in high school and then we went um, in 22, in the summer of 22, because that was our 10th anniversary and he had never been to Spain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we're going. And he was like, great, we're doing it. So we spent two weeks in Barcelona and it was fantastic. And I still was like, yep, yeah, nope, this place is magic. And um, it's funny because he has like, I mean, it's like far down the bloodline, but he's got Spanish ancestry, like his dad on his dad's side. And so he literally was like getting mistaken for a Spanish person when we were there. And I just thought it was so fucking hilarious because he doesn't really like, we're both learning more Spanish. Like I took it in high school, whatever, but we're like using Duolingo daily. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, but like his Spanish is pretty rudimentary for, you know, and people were just like, uh, like other American tourists were, would like kind of stumble with their Spanish. She's like, you're good. And they were like, oh God, you're American. Like you could see the relief in their face. I was like, you're passing. This is so fun. <laughs> Let's do more of this. Yeah. 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 So, um, but we've tossed around England just like to kind of get our bearings as far as like living over mm-hmm. there. And getting used to like just a different lifestyle, but not having the language barrier. Right. Which, but I'm never going to give up my dream of living in Spain. So I don't know. We're, we're just tossing our own ideas at the moment. And like his boys are both out of the house. So like we're empty nesters. I was like, I did it before 40 guys. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, I have well. to give birth and I'm an empty nester before I'm 40. So I feel like I won the lottery. Yes, you did. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, oh, I love it. yeah. Well, I really want you to do that so that um, I can come visit, and yeah. so I fully support this dream. You're gonna okay, do great. great. I love <laughs> yeah. it. Yes, and we like we do want to get a place that has like room for guests, and that we could, if we are tra- on travels, can like you know Airbnb or or mm-hmm. Verbo or whatever works over there. I know Airbnb does, but anyway. So yeah, just like we have these lofty goals, but it's just up in the air right now. So. Anyway, they're not lofty goals. They're just goals. They're, they're achievable. Goals. Yeah, yeah, they are achievable. They really are. I shouldn't call them lofty. You're right because it is lofty. something I want to do, and it's not out. Of, it's not out of my reach. Like I could definitely do it. I could do it today if I really wanted to. Yeah, you know, like I don't want to yet. But... Those are your people, yeah. and Spain—that is your dream that you're gonna make into reality. So no, no loftiness. Just yeah. things happening, but just not yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Um. And then how did you end up in Maui just for funsies or? So my fiance's job brought us out here. He is um, a creative director for a company that's based out of here. And so, yeah, so we just packed everything in a couple suitcases and a pallet and sent it out here. And so I have, um, I still on a Bernina three series out here. I have a seven series back on the East coast um, that I just missed that throat space, mm-hmm. but, and then I just packed, um, I want to say it may have just been one box of fabric. It may be two. And I was like, well, that'll be that. And then these two quilts, that's it. That's all the quilty stuff I have out here. Wow. So, yeah. And so it was hard because I went from, again, quilting has been my life for so long. And I had access to literally hundreds of shops that I saw multiple times a year and then um before we moved out here my fiance had a house and I had a house and I had a sewing room and both and so I went from 
you know, having the big fancy sewing rooms to being back, back to sewing on the kitchen table. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so very humbling um, because, you know, on social, I feel like everyone who's, I don't know, quote unquote, like the popular girls are their their sewing rooms came out of HGTV. Right. Like, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. And like, you want to yeah. talk about lofty goals? I felt like some of those rooms, I was like, whoa, who am I to be on the internet if these goddesses exist? <laughs> like, right. I know. I have no no skin in this game. I cannot. There's no space. Um, yeah. And when I got out here in my teensy tiny house with my little machine and in the middle of my kitchen and no fabric and mm-hmm. um, I was like super intimidated to go on the internet. Um, but I knew I had to if I wanted friends. <laughs> that yeah. were and so I decided that I wasn't going to try to live up to them or um, what my brain had told me was the only way to interact in the quote world. And I was just going to show real life um, for yeah. better for worse and just be like, oh, well, this is my reality. And if, if you identify at all, can we be friends? Because I would like to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Full circle. Yeah. I love it. Well, and I think too, like there can be like an intimidating factor when it comes to like the quilty world. Cause like you said, it's like these curated, beautiful spaces that we see. And I love when people show their realness. Like I understand there needs to be like a level of professionalism from businesses. And it's like, yes, I totally hundred percent get that. But when they're like, turn around, you know, turn your camera around and see what's behind them. I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. It's not just me that shoves everything in the corner really fast. Like, oh shit, oh shit. Like, but also just the realness of like, nothing ever goes smoothly. And like, yeah, I don't know. I just think the more realistic we can kind of come at our presence online the more connections we can make. Cause that authenticity is more important to me anyway, than like seeing someone's fake existence. Like I don't want to only see perfect things. Like I want to see the beauty in the imperfections and like, see where I fit into all of that because I'm not perfect. Like I'm a total disaster, but like if everything I only, I see is only like perfectly curated and like all your your Instagram tiles are all like super aesthetic and matchy and beautiful like super good work good for you oh for sure like but like you- I can't identify with that no 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 it's very much one of those like I love that for you you are killing your game mm-hmm. I'm so proud of you I'm definitely cheering you on I cannot do that yeah and that says nothing about you it right. just I cannot do that. And so I will be a failure to myself if I try to pretend to be you. Right. You know? And so like, girl, yep. you, you, you're killing it. I want you to be you. And if you mm-hmm. is super organized, like, hell yeah. And if you is super, like you threw your scraps on the floor for the last three months and there's a like scrap monster that could kill us all. Girl, you do you. I love it. I don't care what the tiles look like. As long as they look like you. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm the same way. I just like, I just love to see it. And it's so fun. Do, is there like, 
I don't know. I think I get like, um, I get like brain blocked when I'm like, okay, what can I make for content? Like, what can I put out there? And I just like freeze up and I just don't end up making any content really, because I just literally one, I feel like I'm just copying other people. And two, I don't really know what I'm, I mean, I can do basic stuff. It's fine. Like, I know it doesn't have to be super fancy, but I guess like, do you find inspiration from other people or are you just like super cool and smart and have tons of cool ideas and they just flow? Or are you just like, I don't know, like you just have so much good content and I like get sucked into every little reel and video you make. And it's all so fun. And yeah, like where, how do you come up with your ideas? You're just so sweet. I love you. Um, so I, do I get inspired by other people? Yeah, of course. Right. Cause like mm-hmm. as a creative looking at other people being creative, you're like, Ooh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes you're like, Ooh, that's not what I would do. What would I do? Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. And also again, for me, social, because I don't have a business, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I don't have anything to sell you, um, except for friendship that I like, this is fully who I am. Like, do you want to be friends? Like, it really does keep going back to me. It's like, do you want to be friends? Do you want to be friends? Please Mm -hmm. be friends. Um, and so I just keep like a note, like I have it right here. Um, anytime I have an idea, I just like write things down, um, because I, it won't stay in there. Yeah. And I don't always like drop everything to go film anything. Um, and most of my stuff is one take or two because I also, again, ADHD, you know, so I just get bored. Mm-hmm. Um, so none of my stuff will ever look perfect unless my fiance did it because <laughs> I just am like, well, on to the next thing. And I think that's the big thing about content too, is that we want it to look perfect Mm-hmm. or want it to look mostly perfect or like man what should we or we don't want to look dumb right so even if we don't want it to look perfect we don't want it to look dumb mm-hmm. uh, and if you take that away <laughs> yeah. oh I'll call myself a swamp troll on the internet for sure um and you just take the <laughs> ego out of it and yeah. um it lets you do kind of just whatever happens rather than having to think too much about it yeah because again I just I guess no shame (laughs) I'm here for it I think shame is the thing that like kills creativity it kills curiosity and it happens too often to people way too young and I think that shame monster that lives in our heads and our bodies is so strong sometimes. And so I think, I think there's like, um, you know, cause I'm super mentally healthy and everything. There's like a, like a twinge of jealousy sometimes when I see other people doing something that I wish I was, um, came easier to me or that I wasn't as fearful of doing. And so I think at first I was kind of like, who is this girl? And then like the more I watched your stuff and the more I kept seeing you pop up, I was like, okay, actually I really fucking love her. So (laughs) yeah. And I think that, um, I was reading actually my devotional the other day about how 
God really does create us to be so perfectly and wonderfully unique. And then society, culture, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to call it, anything, mm-hmm. um, is like, you know what though, to be liked or to be accepted or to be a cool quilty girl or whatever lie we've been told, um, you have to do it this way. You have to do mm-hmm. it this way have to do it this way and I was reading that devotion I was just like well if I'm created to be very perfectly Kate you're created to be very perfectly Amanda mm-hmm. then I think a disservice to God to myself to the world to try to be you mm-hmm. or for you to try to be me like yeah I'm not trying to like be like thanks God for everything you gave me but I really hated what you did like can right. I have it and so the more I lean into being like glitter and disco balls and like not great at much but kind of funny um <laughs> the more I'm like oh I'm finding my people mm-hmm. um finding my quote besties and you know what not everyone's gonna like me because not everyone's gonna like anybody right and that's super super cool um because if someone I don't know at least they're choosing not to like me for who I am than choosing not to like a facade that I've put up and so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm totally cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But I just think the more you, whoever you are, like, I always forget, I'm looking at my like reels for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget to clean my machine. Mm. You know, I've been in this for 22 years and unless it's like gunked up, basically girlfriend's not going to do shit about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. like, just like like clean your machine do you know why I made that real because I didn't clean my machine <laughs> so right. um or I really love the strawberry blocks that are going mm, on they're so and cute they're so cute and so I'm gonna make a read about it because they're so cute mm-hmm. so yeah that's, yeah that's it I like it I like it and it's inspirational and you're right like whatever a person believes like we're all, we're all unique and we all have our own personalities and whatever you've been told or sold that you need to be different is a lie. It's wrong. And like, yeah, I think that's why the authenticity, I said that word authenticity (laughs) is important because if we don't show up in our true selves and then other people can't see themselves in that either. And so and I think if the, the strive for perfection really just holds us back and, and keeps us from realizing our true selves. And so I think in the quilty world, especially there's like so many trends and so many, you know, so many things you can get sucked into, which is great. Cause it's, there's stuff for everybody. And mm-hmm. But it can be hard to feel like you need to be doing all of it all the time, or you're not going to get enough follows, or you're not going to find your people, or, you know, people aren't going to like you because you didn't do X, Y, Z. It's like, it's okay. Like, just like you said, it's like, do you just do you like, and it, whatever that is, that's great. It's perfect. Like, don't change it. You know, it's right. It's, well, I forgot who the quotes from. Um, but it's like, you'll stop caring how much others are, how often others think about you when you realize how infrequently they do. Mm-hmm. Like, so like, oh my gosh, are other people going to like this? And 
girlfriend, you're probably going to be the one that watches it the most. Right. <laughs> so, do you like it? Okay. Then like move along. I, I personally don't do commission quotes because I don't, I, re, I just refuse to make anything I don't like anymore. Mm. And it's did it for so long that I only make things I like. And yeah. so it's just kind of that as a content and not again, one of my girlfriends, um, is trying to up her content game in real estate world. Mm. And she's like, I really look weird in this part of this video. And like, should I just delete it and start over? And I was like, nah, girl, post it. Because you look weird in part of a video. People are going to see it one day if they see it ever. Mm-hmm. And then it's gone into the internet forever. Like, right. if you a little silly, no one cares. Literally yeah. no one cares. Yeah. So just post it anyway. Yeah. If it's not perfect, no one cares. Post it anyway. And mm-hmm. so that's that's my biggest content advice. Post it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just post it. It's fine. Post it. Yeah. And then, you know, some days you'll be like, man, I love that content. And other days you'll be like, hmm, that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's something. Yeah. No. <laughs> I think it's true. And, and I mean, I, if I've learned nothing from this podcast, like putting it out there, it is that like, I am the person who looks at myself in these videos the most because I'm editing and re-listening and listening again and making cuts and whatever. And 99% of the time I'm cutting myself out because I want my guests to be the feature, not me blabbing about the something that everybody's heard 28 times. And and I think it's funny too, because ugh, at first when, when I first started, my husband was doing the editing for me and, um, he would always like, he would just pause it to do something. And always my face was doing something crazy. And he would like snap a picture with his phone and send it to me. And I was like, are you freaking serious? Like knock it off. I'm like, you always yeah. like pause my face on the stupid like expressions. And he's like, no, you're so cute. And I'm like, I hate it. And so now it's funny because like now I do all the editing. And um, so if I pause myself on a goofy face, then I'll send him a picture because it's just like <laughs> become a funny thing. And like, and that's it. It's like, who's, who's going to pause me on that exact moment and that exact, because like it used to bother me like, oh mm-hmm. no, somebody's going to see that. And it's really just because I was blinking and he just happened to pause it in the middle of my blink. I don't look like that normally, you know. You can pause the errors, errors tours in the middle of Taylor Swift looking wonky. Yeah, you know, what I mean? like humans aren't right. Like, uh, yeah, and that's why, honestly, if you look at my content, I always try to like um, that that awkward awkwardness is what I try to post on the front. Yeah, because I'm like, well, that will make somebody else be like, well at least I don't look like that. <laughs> you know, I'm like, girl, you look? I'm willing to look like this on the end night. I got you. Yeah. You must look the best I mean. I got you. <laughs> so, yeah. Huh. I'll go. No, I like it. I love it. It's honestly, it's like, a, it's such a good reminder. Like, right. Like just show up. Like if you want to be seen, if you want to find friends, if you want, you know, if you think you have good ideas to share, like you have to, you'd have to just put it out there and hope for the best. And, and I think it is a battle. I fight with myself a lot, but I, but more often I'm like, yeah, I just do it. And like, who yeah. cares what anybody says? I'm going to like say this all the time to other people, but then it, 
when it comes to it, I start to second guess myself and, but, but then it's like, okay, no, if I just keep surrounding myself with more and more people who are showing up more authentically and more true to themselves, then like that encourages me. And I'm sure other people too, to, to do it too, because it's, it can be hard to play that keeping up with the Joneses game of like, I need to have a better stash. I need to have a better sewing room. I need to have a better, this it's like comparison game and it will kill the joy of your life. If you're not careful. Well, and your friends, if they're your friends, they're not playing that game. Mm -mm. If they're playing that game, you probably don't want to be spending time with them. If someone looks at my stash to determine if I'm a good friend for them, Mm -hmm. then I'm not, I'm not a good friend for you. If that's what you're looking at. And that's fine. That's your decision. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, no. And I, again, I listen to your podcast all morning. Um, so I know you're a Brene Brown fan, like Samsy. And like the wonder and the joy and the success and the beauty of Brene Brown is the vulnerability, is the messiness. I always say at my small group and kind of just to anyone, I only trust messy people. Mm-hmm. If people are like, I have my whole act and life and house and kids and relationships and friendships and health and everything together. I'm like, oh, you're probably a serial killer. Yeah. Like, something's wrong something's bad bad wrong there's like 18 bodies in your backyard don't trust that no 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 um so if somebody's like (laughs) okay I'm so sorry I'm late also spilled coffee on my shirt also remember everything I said I was gonna get done this week I got like "Mm, 30 percent done Mm -hmm. I'm like you I want to sit next to you yeah (laughs) right people I trust and so then I just try to be that person yeah so yeah, trying to make Brene Brown proud over here. Right. I know. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to do it, Brene, I swear. Yeah. That's so fun. Well, so you, so you repped for, for Moda and Ruby star and all that. So like, is that still, or I guess, was it at the time, like your favorite stuff to work with? And do you still like to work with it or yeah, like what kind of fabric draws your attention I love ruby star um that's this guy's all ruby star this guy's all tilda I love tilda I love Anria Horner I love Heather Ross um I love the Heather Ross Annabelle Wrigley like mashup uh collab of solids um those are the ones that super popped my brain just like but basically anything that is just like a shit ton of color I'm in. But that being said, um, I also really love primitive gatherings by Moda, like from Moda, which is usually like her navy and white. Um, I'm an East Coaster originally. And so navy and white of a repeating pattern that has 180 million billion little tiny pieces mm-hmm. is also my love language. Yeah. Um I'm either like, let's do brights and fast, or I'm like navy and cream and 800 plus pieces yeah two two extremes but yeah what about you what are your favorite designer or you can just pop that out (laughs) no it's fine I I have so many too I I'm I love Ruby Star I love I think um my first kind of the 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 designer that got me to even like start looking at quilting was Amy Butler 
Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. her big, fun, colorful florals. That was kind of the jam when I was getting into it. Um, or when my mom kind of started getting into it, she started quilting a little bit before I did. Um, yeah. So Amy Butler kind of drew me in, but then I found art gallery and, um, I love art gallery and I've been a super fan of Katarina Rochella's designs for as long as I've been in quilting essentially. And this quilt on my wall is actually a test pattern I did for her, for her Zeliga pattern. Um, but it's a Marine Cracknell, her Gloria line of fabric. So I love Marie Cracknell. I love, um, yeah, I, it's hard to say. Yeah. I also love Heather Ross. My friend Jen is like a Heather Ross super fan. So if we ever find it, we're like, do you need this? She's like, no, I already have some in my stash. I'm like, of course you do. Um, yeah. <laughs> or she's like, actually give me a half yard. Actually give me a yard. We're like, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. While you're yeah. Here, yeah. Wow. yeah. I do love Tula. I do have quite a bit of her. Uh, yeah. I just, I'm like you, I love bright, fun color, but I also like, I mean, I loved this Gloria line cause it was such a hard lean into like that vintage kind of granny living room vibe. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm a sucker for florals. Like rifle paper will sink me if I'm not careful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will never financially recover. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so all my quilts are just kind of a mishmash of like all those different designers and I love it I have a confession I have not yet made anything with anything by art gallery Ooh. I know and I love so much of their stuff it's just mm-hmm. again I was um the Moda Ruby Star rep right and so yeah. that's what I did yeah <laughs> when I moved here I just brought so little and I haven't really bought since we've been out here mm-hmm. um I'm trying to go through the stash and so yeah it's so if anyone from art gallery is listening and wants to send me fabric um a girl out yeah yeah so next time I'm on east I mean mainland I'll have yeah. to go go shopping yeah it's honestly and it feels because they do um a different weave like more of a I don't know more of like, like a hand yeah yeah so it drapes right really nicely and um yeah I I love it it's honestly I've used it so much and it just comes out beautifully their solids are gorgeous oh yeah and... well, everything we make is like gorgeous yeah sure yeah um, so yeah it's on the agenda for yeah for the future yeah and I like like I had last year interviewed Ashlyn Downs um, and she like just right after her episode came out like a month or two later, like they announced the um, socialites for the year and she was in there and I was like, are you kidding me? So then it was like, I made it my goal to talk to every socialite and I got everybody on except for um, Taylor of Toad and So. I haven't uh-huh. had her on, but, um, I got to everybody else and it's just like, I don't know. They're all just so fun and all have such fun, different personalities and like their style, their bundles are all so different. And they're so, yeah. oh, yes. I love, like talking all of them. Yeah. So 
Yeah. It's so great. And it's like, I, there's a pretty good size quilting community here in Boise. And I'm like, I'm in the modern guild. I'm in, we have, um, the Boise basin quilters guild I'm in and it's so fun, but it's like, mm, not a lot of people my age. So, Oh, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Like as much as I've learned and as like, as much as I love being part of those groups, I'm like, also like, well, but I also want other millennial women and men like and men because no exclusions here but um so like making online friends like you're experiencing is like one of the best ways to find more people who fit with my philosophy and my perspective on just life in general but how quilting fits into all that and where I want to see the quilting world go because I think there's still a lot of people holding on to the old ways with prejudice does that make sense like where do you want quilting world to go and you're like world of worlds where do you want quilting world to go I think (laughs) I will that's a little you don't have to book this (laughs) no Okay. No, it's good. I, I think it's a great question. And I like, I have this conversation a lot, so I'm just, I don't want to like come across as like a person who knows everything. Cause I sure don't, but I yeah. think for more like, and I've brought this up a couple times and, and I don't want to ever come across. Like, I think anybody isn't worth or isn't worthy of being in the quilting space. Oh Lord. No, but I it's think like, mm-hmm. yeah, but I just think like, that that old traditional like these and quite frankly like a lot of older people in the quilty world they want everybody to do things the way that they do things and if anybody tries to change that it's just like not anything they're willing to accept and it's you know usually traditionally a very conservative space that pushes out any not like non-binary any lgbtqia any like anything that is different is like not acceptable and they treat people that way and that bothers me so so fucking much like as it should and so (laughs) yeah like world of worlds like if if i could have my my druthers like I just want to see that like, there's no space where no one is unwelcome. I want to see like, and I think this is something I touched on in a couple different episodes. Um, I think bell was one of them. Cause we were talking about guilds, but just that, like a lot of times guilds meet in churches and that's where they can kind of, the church kind of gets a foot in the door of like, Hey, look, we're a church. You can come here and come to our church. And like, and nothing against church. Well, I have a lot of things against church, but nothing against like <laughs> faith and beliefs. I have my own and whatever, but like the using, using that as like a tool to get more congregation members sickens me because a lot of people who want to be in quilty spaces who don't feel welcome, especially don't feel welcome at church. That so then sense. to be like, all of our meetings are held in churches. Those people aren't going to show up because they automatically feel excluded. They automatically feel like it's, they're being asked to go to a place that is unsafe and uncomfortable for them. And that's not fair. And so I would love to see all, I guess if it's like a public 
group that can that opens their admit their um, admissions or their membership to everyone then it needs to be outside of a church it cannot be in a church like i don't want to keep seeing that <laughs> and again this is just my view my hopeful like wish of wishes kind of future is just like removing because i think that is just yeah removing the religious aspect from so much of what happens in the quilting world because not that 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 there shouldn't be room for every kind of quilter but to like make that the default is like so detrimental to the quilting world as a whole because we're missing out on so many good people that we don't know are out there because they're too scared or they're feel marginalized even further by the practices that are in play and so and also like I love fabric I freaking love fabric and I have loved fabric since I was a little tiny tot loved fabric but also my conscience is like mm, overconsumption is super super bad and we should stop creating so much extra textiles yeah. that just get wasted and so I feel super torn on that and I don't even know what a solution would be for that but anyway we can start with not having guilds in churches <laughs> yeah yeah no it's so interesting um I like my faith I'm Christian is like paramount but um to me but also I very 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 much ascribe to the whole like teaching of love one another um mm -hmm. I loved you and to me that means like literally everyone all the time just like yeah. just love just love everyone um and so I agree with you even though it hurts my heart like if if the loving thing is to have those things be outside of a church and that is the most what I would consider like Christ-like way to love somebody mm -hmm. then I want to I want to love unconditionally and if that means loving in a different building because that's more loving mm -hmm. I want to um and so I I thank you because I had not considered that because I do feel welcomed in those places right um that it's not something I had considered or um, known because I'm like, oh, I feel safe here. And I hadn't taken the time to be like, oh, but does everyone? Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely thank you for bringing that to my attention. Um, sure. For sure. You know, yeah. you know what we don't know. Yeah. Right. What and like, I was raised Christian too. And so the church aspect isn't offensive to me, but right. also- I've been burned by a lot of people in church and oh yeah and I know that that's not God like that's not my God that's not my faith that that I'm I should have been treated that way that's not that's humans right so and flip some tables because he was like this is not correct yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I'm definitely like a little bit of a table flipper too and I'm like yeah. this is not correct and yeah. so, yes I think probably probably same on that one <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. But, and and you're right like I I'm with you on the love thing it's like if we're truly meant to be loved and love unconditionally then that means unconditionally it means no conditions it means just because a person looks different than you does not mean that you can withhold love from them and if you're saying that well the loving thing is to keep them out that's not true that's not yeah. true and like anyway I could go on forever, but, um, but yeah, I just think yeah. op opening spaces so that more 
people feel welcome. And I know it can't be that everywhere is welcome to everyone all the time, the way things are now. And I don't even know what it would take to get there. But I think like, again, back to the guild thing. So like historically, they've just been kind of opened and held in churches. And I think as cities, as municipalities, like there's a disservice being done if there aren't enough public free spaces or minimal charged charging spaces that can be used in that way yeah yeah so and our my guild is large like we have a couple hundred members active and yeah and they're not there every meeting but you know some people are gone all winter and they're just here for the summer months and that's fine but they're still in the guild and it's like if we don't even have a space in a pretty you know it's not a huge city but Boise is a it's the largest city it's a city and it's the largest city in our in our state and it's growing by Mm -hmm. the minute like Mm -hmm. if we don't have a space that can be a communal safe space for everybody where any kind of like committee or you know guild or anything can be held then like what are we doing that's not like thousands of dollars to rent out for one evening a month, you know? Right. And so, so yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Enough about me. Enough about never. I want to know everything. <laughs> I love people and their stories. And you know, yeah. one of my favorite thing about meeting people, the older I get, I'm like mid thirties now. And one of my favorite things is now that everyone else is older too, um, everyone has such stories, mm-hmm. you know, and opinions about things and reasons why they have opinions. And so I just love getting older and getting to be like new friends. Cause I'm like, tell me your 18 lifetimes you've already had. <laughs> right. So it's just like, yeah. Cause I'm like, I know Amanda has opinions about that for some kind of a reason. <laughs> I know there's at least 17 stories on it. And so, um, yeah, that's one of the most magical things about, the privilege of growing older. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm honestly like, I, I turning 30 was rough. Like that was a hard one for me. And that was when I really dug into trying to grow and learn about myself. And that's when I started reading Brene Brown and, you know, have been in and out of therapy since. And Yay. yeah. That's and cool just like finding myself, you know, because I feel like I was just so lost to someone else's idea of what I should have been for so long. And, um, but yeah, the older I get and the more educated on myself, the more I know about myself, the easier it is for me to just let other people be and to not hold judgments and to not hold opinions, but just be interested. Like if I'm asking questions or if I'm like, literally people watching it's because I'm curious and I'm interested. Like there's no judgments there. It's like, what is your story? And the stories I come up with in my head are just like super fun because I love to people watch and pretend like I know what's going on in their life. It's a good time, but ever come to Maui, great place to do that. (laughs) Yeah. You're just like, how'd you get here? Yeah. Right. I've only ever been to Kona. So Maui would be a fun trip, but yeah. Yeah, I know. And my husband, like, uh, 
his parents were, his mom and stepdad were stationed in Hawaii when he was like in fourth and fifth grade. And so he's like, I lived there. I'm like, you were a child. We can go visit. Okay. I think well, he just like, now, you got that like, what are you, what? But, yeah so, yeah it's but. very funny but we did go we went I did because he you know obviously lived at the base but he was like we did go to the to Kona on the big island and I showed him some stuff that like I had done and seen when I was there with my family and we just hung out and surfed and it's magical stayed. yeah it's just ugh beautiful we love Hawaii and it's so great and so we are we are gonna go to Spain again this summer we're doing El Camino de Santiago I've done that really I just did the Portuguese one and then my dad's done like six different ones and so um my fiance and my dad went on the Inglés as their get to know each other trip Mm -hmm. um and so oh you're gonna have the best time it's fantastic I'm so glad we're doing yeah we're doing the French way so okay man I'm gonna be there uh, for so what are you doing yeah it's about six weeks and then our oldest is gonna go with us which is super fun so the thing is and I hope you find this to be true after your Camino when we first did the Wayne's right um because we had never done anything like that and it is it'll get it'll get hard Mm -hmm. and it'll get hard to the point where you're like I don't know why we're doing this this is not fun anymore yeah Um, this is a vacation yeah what if we just sat in a pub um and so it does it gets really really hard and but at the end of I actually I think I have it on I don't know if you can oh you're over here uh not that one this one it says badass and um, I wore it my first long hike Wayne's right and every time I got super stressed I would just touch it and be like you're a badass and so um after the hike we all talked and we were like, man, I just feel capable of so much more because I shouldn't have been able to do that, especially not hiking before or anything. Um, so it just like kind of forever gives you this sense of like, oh, I am a badass. Like Mm -hmm. I did that. Mm -hmm. I I handle whatever. And so, um, I wear it most days and definitely when I do scary things, like go on podcasts, um, (laughs) like remind me that you can do things and so maybe you need a maybe you need a badass necklace before your trip maybe I do yeah oh yeah that's a good idea yeah and I think too like I've done hard things this is just definitely would be like the most duration like I've run a half marathon and I've you know I never thought I'd be the person who goes to the gym and lifts weights like I never thought I would you know have a podcast I never thought I would you know have rental properties. I never thought any of these things for myself or have a quilting business, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and thankfully like a lot of, I don't want to give him all the credit because I had to be the one to decide to do it, but just having a supportive partner, like my husband has always been my biggest cheerleader and always been supportive. And like, obviously I'm not doing the Camino alone. We're going together but it's something that like, once we learned about it and the more, the longer we were kind of in Barcelona, we both were like, yeah, we want to, we want to do the Camino so bad together. And he's kind of, um, he's kind of like, a not adrenaline junkie. I shouldn't say that because he doesn't do like super 
he doesn't like road ride motorcycles and do like super scary, like cliff diving or anything. He just like does hard endurance stuff because he's like, that's the thing that helps me deal with my crazy brain and my traumatic experiences. And it's like just how I deal with my life. And so he's always pushing to do something hard. And, Mm -hmm. um, so I think that just really helps keep me motivated because I'm not with a person who isn't willing to also do these hard things too. And, and wants me to want to do them as well. And if I don't, then it's fine. It's not like, he's like, you have to do this or else. (laughs) Right. Right. My fiance is the same way. So yeah, if you ever need, um, another couple to go on a hard trip, um, my only caveat for hard trips, I'm like fine with it, but Mm -hmm. also at the end of it, I want to add on of being like a a fancy slug. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, I will gladly hike Kilimanjaro. I'm super stoked about it. And then when we get down after not showering for like 13 days, I want yeah. to go to spa and then a safari. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always like, yeah, let's do the hard thing. Also, right. want to be a fancy slug at some point. Yeah. So yeah. I so. here. So my mom owns Patrick Plus, large store in Virginia. And yeah. She and I in April are actually um, leading a group of cultures to the Netherlands. <gasps> going for the Tulip Festival. We're going to Bruges and to the um, Bob and Lace University to like learn Bob and Lace. And um, wow. my dad's got some cool side quests for us. Um, and then in in July, we're leading cultures to Iceland. And we're going to go see the Puppins and do some oh. hand- and do some um, machine work on one day and so yeah so getting to add quilting and travel has started Mm -hmm. becoming a thing in my life and I could not be more excited like meet cultures that are like new like new friends Mm -hmm. and travel (sighs) yeah that sounds so fun I did see those um the links to those trips in your link tree and I was like what the hell this looks like a great time because yeah, like even in five, we're going, I don't know if it's been announced, but um, we're going to Bali um, and we're going to be staying at artist commune, making boutiques under boutique masters. Um, and there's a lot of other fun goodies that'll be in there that are kind of super special. And so, yeah. <gasps> fun. You know, it's so funny. We were literally, my mom and I were, I think somebody came to get their quilt or something. And we were like, oh yeah, we're going to be gone. And she was like, oh, where are you going? And we're like, oh, we're going to quilt con. And she's like, oh, where's that at? And we're like, oh, in Raleigh. She goes, Bali. And I was like, I wish I would already be there. <laughs> 25 girl. Ayo. <laughs> You're like, like yeah, hey, Bali. And so, yeah. And it's this really cool. So we, um, we have an artist commune to ourselves and Ooh. we've been before. And um, it's like in the two-story tree houses. So like underneath is like the outdoor dining room. And yeah. so, so, so fun. So yeah. Sad. That's so. so fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to look out for that because. Yeah. I will. I'll like give you a little sexy text. Yeah. Yes. So, so, so what cool. are you so excited about in Quilty World right now? Ooh. Um, I am loving. I think I'm loving the most that people are pushing to like quilt with what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and show it more because I think just like back to what we were saying before, like it can be really hard to feel like your, your art is valuable in a world where everything seems perfect or seems to come from brand new fabric all the time. And which is great and beautiful. And if that's how you like to quilt, then do it, do it to the maximum. But there's so many more makers out there that are quilting and making with found objects or they're thrifting or they're just using stuff around the house and showcasing it more. And I think that that is something I am loving seeing because as much as I love a fresh pile of brand new fabric, I also, again, feel that kind of pull of like, maybe I shouldn't buy more fabric than I'm going to use because I have so much already that it seems silly to keep buying um, fabric. So I love seeing that. And just like, so I recently became one of the admins in the Seam Ripper Society Facebook group. Oh my God. I'm part of, uh, I'm like, I'm not part of it. I'm like a, I'm a follower. Yeah. <laughs> you're a member. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. They, mm-hmm. yeah. So I had, they had put out kind of a request if anybody was interested and I've kept in contact and, you know, feel like I've maintained a pretty good friendships with Aaron and Emily. And I was like, I'll throw my hat in the ring. I'm already online all the freaking time anyway. Cause I manage all the social media for the show, for my quilting business. I'm already on it. So that's exciting to be a part of the Seamer for Society just because it is, they form the group because a lot of times you join these like quilty groups on Facebook and you ask a question and it never gets answered or people throw their two cents in, but it's not the answer to your question. And Mm -hmm. so their whole goal in the group, not only to present challenges that like are fun and learning new skills or like helping people get resources to learn a new skill, but, um, just that sense of community of like, yes, your question will be answered in this group. You will get the information you're looking for because we will make sure you do. And if, you know, we see as admins, if we see a post that someone's posed a question, one of us will jump in there and answer it if we see that it hasn't been answered yet. So I think just that, that focus of like, okay, we need to like reimagine what this looks like and how do we make this more meaningful and practical for the people who are looking for quilt community. And that was like Emily and Aaron, they're like, we don't really have quilty friends where we're at. And so they're like, we have to build our community online. And just like what you're doing, you know, it's like that same story of like, I don't have any in-person quilty friends. So I'm going to, I'm going to find them in a different way. And so that's where the, that came from. And I, I'm just like, so honored just so honored to be a part of that because I think with the show and with that and with what I'm doing in my business and being part of those guilds, like my goal only is ever to further the love of quilting and also be a safe space for anybody who wants to talk quilting and ask questions. And I don't know everything, but I know a lot of things and I'm always willing to talk quilts and learn. And so, yeah. What What's your favorite thing that's going on right now? Kind of on that same vein. I think that just in general, us growing up and everything, the generations before us are like, my Nana, like they just collect, like she has like a collection of belts. <laughs> yeah. Collections of things. Um, I think post-World War II, that was just kind of, um, I don't know, 
mm-hmm. what you did or how you showed financial stability or like I don't know why what exactly it was based in but there was definitely some kind of post-world war ii base of the collecting of objects right and that has been passed down through generations and um this is part of what success looks like and even now what we've been talking about is people with huge gorgeous quilt rooms good on you by the way like I'm not trying to shit talk you at all right. if that is a creative space for you girl by all means I can just speak for me and for me when I have a ton I am less creative than ever because mm-hmm. I get overwhelmed and so and I so I think that we equated multitude with success mm-hmm. or value or right. um, knowledge like if I have a lot of this then I'm good and other people can see that I'm good mm-hmm. um, and so I really like that it's what if we used our stash mm-hmm. what if we, and then what if like I've been doing the strawberries love them but I realized I actually don't have very many green fabrics so I use like all my green fabrics like that and then mm-hmm. I didn't have and so then I just posted in my story, like, hey, does anyone have green fabrics from Ruby Star or like OG Cotton and Steel or Heather Ross? Like mm-hmm. I need three, three by threes and two and a half by two and a half, if you have any. And um, people did and were willing to share. And mm-hmm. so then I also then didn't have to go buy a ton because even a fat quarter, like I didn't want like a fat quarter of like, however many three by threes of one fat quarter you know I wanted a variety so to get a variety I'd have to purchase a variety and right then to have three inch square from you know it's just it didn't make sense the math wasn't mapping yeah and so the fact that others are willing to be like yeah I can I can send you some three by threes Evie um and you know I feel like there's more and more online fees through Instagram. I don't know about TikTok. I'm sure there is. I'm not really there yet. Um, but, you know, there's more and more online bees of like, this is what the block of the person wants. And these are the colors or designers or whatever, use your stash. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And I love that it's not only now, for lack of a better term, like acceptable to be actually using our stash, but it's encouraged or like mm-hmm. the good fabric. Let's buy fabric and put it on a shelf, never use it. And I'm 1000% guilty. I have fabric I have never touched that is yeah. 15 plus years old. Yeah. And then when I worked in quilt stores, what we would see a lot is when a quilter passes away, mm-hmm. their loved ones are then like, I don't know what to do with this stuff. Yeah. And then, or it gets donated to different organizations or ministries or anything. And then it's hard to match, to like color match anything because those colors are now so old that they kind of don't exist on the current market. And right. so unless they have like a whole bunch of fabric to go together, like it's hard to, I am a matchy person by trade. So it's hard to like color match things. Yeah. So I was like, well, I don't want to have, or in the earlier 2000s, pink and brown was a really big color play. I oh, bought wow. pink and brown fabric for everything. Mm-hmm. And I would currently not put together pink and brown fabric will I in five more years maybe probably maybe I'll be on the podcast again we'll be touting how great pink and brown is but like right. I haven't used that fabric mm-hmm. 
and why am I going to give it room in my house? And so I love that moving out here, we live in 500 square feet. So basically you can see like a third of my house right now. Yeah. Uh, and so like by not having space, it really made me realize. And when you move to Europe, it'll be the same thing. You'll mm -hmm. be like, oh, you don't need much to have a gloriously full life. Yeah. And the less I have, the more I have to have a community and create a community because I need their help. Mm -hmm. and so I love that as a byproduct of, and I, because I have so little in comparison to what I used to have, mm -hmm. um, I am very excited to work with what I have because I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. Big, that's my most exciting thing right now is how it's not just accepted. It's encouraged now to actually use or to finish mm -hmm. projects. Yeah. Finish that damn quilt. <laughs> like, you know, be cool. Like get, get two thirds of the way there and just quit forever. Like, why did we think that was cool? <laughs> like, what if we finish those things but, or donated them to someone who else? Cause quilting's expensive, man. Quilting, mm -hmm. so, like, that's why I think we're seeing the rise in thrift and the rise in using your stash also economics. Mm -hmm. um, and so if yeah. there's something in your stash that you don't love, there's probably there's somebody who's retired and on a fixed income. There's someone who's young and getting started. There's someone who's a mom with littles where money is tight. There's somebody else who will love that fabric. Mm -hmm. that, that will be a gift to. And I'm not going to hold on to one day when today somebody would be like, oh, I can yeah. quilt because somebody else don't do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, it's been so funny. Like, I mean, obviously for the business we have you know, just kind of fabrics on hand. So if, when people are asking for custom quilts, we can be like, oh, we've got this fabric that matches whatever. And like, we were kind of buying a lot of like, oh, we'll just keep this on hand, but we didn't, we haven't ended up using a lot of it. Um, and so my mom and I both were like, we need to stop doing that. Like, we're just spending money to spend money to have fabric that we're not using. Like it's such a waste. And she and I both have it like she more than me, but we both have a lot of fabric. And so she's honestly been donating stuff that she's had forever to projects for the business. And like, she's like, I don't even care, you know, just use it, whatever. And, um, but we've been, so my little sister has been living at home since the summer. She just like moved back in with my parents for a little bit. Now she's getting ready to move back to California to live with her boyfriend. I'm very sad, but she was like, yeah, I want to make a quilt. And so of course the first thing she picked was like, um, cutting out hearts by hand and then applicating them or like doing the like blanket stitching them down onto squares. And she was like, um, oh, that took forever. And then I was like, okay. And then she's like, well, I'm ready to make my second one now. I'm like, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm like, here's this layer cake that I've had for a thousand and twelve years. And it's all the colors she loves. And it's like these little birds and there's eggs. And it's like, teals and blues and like these rusty orange browns like so cute and then um I was like I'm gonna teach you how to make this x's and o's pattern and I was like and you're gonna do this quilt top in one day and you're gonna stand back when it's hanging on the quilt wall and you're gonna be like holy shit I just made another quilt because it's gonna go a thousand times faster than your hearts so I showed her how to snowball the corners and lay it out and she did it all and she literally did she like put like laid everything out, put it up on the, on the, just the design wall. And she stood back and she went, oh. <laughs> and I was like, yes, but I felt so cool. 
Yeah, this is why the fabric exists for this moment, not to sit on the shelf, but for this. Yeah. Well, and like yeah. even the background, the the fabric she used for snowballing the corners was stuff that I had bought for this project I was going to do last year in 2022, actually. And um, I just never, it just never came to fruition. And then also the thing, like the panel, I was like, oh, I'm going to make this use this for the border and the backing of this panel. Well, it's one of those panels that's literally the size of a throw quilt. It's not just like a normal panel. So I was like, mm, just kidding. And that fabric ended up being perfect for her quilt. And so it became the background and it became the binding. And now I only have half a yard left and it can be perfect for like the, because again, like my mom is like such a crafty person. Like, I don't even know. She mm -hmm. just will make anything out of scraps. And I think that's like where I'm starting to get more okay with it and learn more. Cause I used to panic about being like, I'm not going to have enough fabric to make this pattern if I just use scraps. And so I would think I just had this, like, yeah, this feeling that I had to buy all new fabric for every pattern I ever made. I'm like, get kind of coming out of that, which is great. But anyway, so we saved all the corners that my sister cut off and I'm like, here, this is, this is one, this is a project that's like ready to be made. Here's this fabric that matches. Here's the leftovers and here's all the little triangles. And I know my mom will make something out of it and like, it'll be so cute, but, um, it's just stuff like that where it's like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot I had this fabric or like, right. But also finding ways to use it. That isn't necessarily just for me either, because like you were saying, it takes friends it takes community and if you're trying to quilt with what you just with what you have and not purchase a bunch of new stuff like it is so nice to have a big range of quilty people you can reach out to because they might just have the thing you're looking for and maybe they just want you to pay the postage on it or maybe not even that maybe sometimes they're just willing to send it to you because they just love you so much and and you know I've mailed fabric to people like they're like, oh, I'm looking for, you know, OG Ruby Star, OG Cotton and Steel. And I want to put it in this stuff. It was one of those like. Much. Does yeah. anyone have it? And you're like, actually, yeah. let me have yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I do have some of that. Here you go. It's like a tiny square. And yeah, how is it doesn't make a dent in my stash, but it made me feel good that I could help somebody have the thing that they're looking for. And so anyway, I. Magic moment for that person too. Right. Yeah. So they're like, oh. I recently, um, a quilty friend sent me some of the OG, like pink and oranges Mustangs from Sarah Watts. <gasps> and that's exactly the face I made. She's like, I have, <laughs> like, I've done everything I want to do with it. And so I'll just throw it in for you. And I was like, bring <gasps> <laughs> me. And so like, if I can bring that kind of like, whoa, to someone, how, how dare I not, you know? Right. I'm a big fan of buying kits or pre-cuts um, because I like that. I want the variety. I want the new fabric. And I mm -hmm. think too, is sometimes people are like, oh, you like scrappy. You must hate new fabric. I'm like, girl, where do you think these scraps came from? Um, but <laughs> like, no, I'm a big fan of fabric. I'm just not a big fan of like, and I used to do this. If you, if you find something you like, just buy three yards. Mm -hmm. Three yards. Damn, that is a lot of every fabric I like. Are you kidding me? Like I renovated, so I have a rental property too. It's mm. my great granddaddy built it. Um, and then my Nana grew up there. My mama grew up there. I lived there. And then I made it into an Airbnb. 
when I moved out here, but I rented it, renovated it, paid all my renovation fees from selling quilts or de-stashing. That's mm. how much fabric I had. I paid for a brand new kitchen, a brand new bathroom. I closed a wall. I um, put on a porch. I insulated. I like, I did all of that from de-stashing and quilt sales. And honestly, if we're being honest, I bet you a good 60% of the people we know from quilt world could do the same. Yeah. And so another thing, if money is tight and again, economics right now are kind of like iffy dippy, especially if you have a single income, mm -hmm. even if there's two people working, if it's still single income for both of you, like, yeah, I don't know out here. If you buy three peppers, it's $10. So like, yeah. you know, like pricey boys. Um, yeah. and you have fabric that's not singing to your heart, girl, keep the stuff that sings to your heart. But mm -hmm. if you have stuff that's not singing to your heart, de-stash it. Yeah. You yeah. can make money and make someone stay and give your own self peace of mind and clarity and creativity by de-stashing. Like, mm -hmm. that's another thing. I'm not biased people's de-stash. I bought from two de-stashes last week because here's the thing. There, I would rather support someone's de-stash than me try to figure out where to find stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Personally, I'm like, hey, I'll help you out for sure. Yeah. And so I'm, I feel like I'm going to get barred from every quilt store that exists for this podcast. No. You're going to be like, she just said to never quilt. That's not what I said. No. Go to every quilt store I can. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. I'm like, is there a quilt store? I literally was like on vacation in Barcelona, like, I wonder if there's quilt shops around. And then I found someone who would be on the podcast. So, I mean, come on. I love that. No, <laughs> love quilt shops, love yeah. deep stashes, love using your sash. It is an all of the above for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, do all of it. And do all of it. And I, I, cause it's like, yeah, sometimes you're going to just need something and sometimes you can find it from a D stash. Sometimes somebody's willing to sell it to you. And sometimes you just have to go buy it and that's okay. Like, and if you have to buy it, try to support your local quilt shop or someone that yeah. you know that has an online shop. Like if you can't shop local, then support your friends because owning a small business is hard AF. The more yeah. we can support each other, the better. And I think overall, like there's no right or wrong way to make what you want to make. And the quilt police can fuck right off because it's not anybody's job it's not anybody's like I feel like, like police are like going away I do feel like there's mm -hmm. less, less than them or again maybe I'm just so not quote policey that I just don't attract quote police because they're like well she's beyond hope um <laughs> think that like it's becoming less of a thing yeah. Well, I think so many people are standing up to people that call the, like, try to call them out or try to say negative things. It's like, why do you got to like yuck my yum? Get out of here. You know? Yeah. It's like, I don't have time for you. No. Well, no, no. Well, also like, what, why do you want to rain on someone's parade? Like, is that right. fun? Are you having a good day now that you're being mean to someone? Right. That sounds like something you should talk to with your therapist. <laughs> if like, that's something that brings yeah. you joy. Like, right. Right. No. And that's exactly it. It just says more about that person than the, the person they're trying to police. And I think just, I think the more, maybe before it used to be like more of a mystery, like, I don't know how this Instagram thing works and it just shows me whatever and whatever, and it's morphed and changed, which is great and not so great in some ways, but whatever. 
But I think more and more people are realizing that they have a lot more control over what they see and what they don't. Yeah, and you can you can curate your existence online. And I think people who don't think that they can just don't understand it enough to know, like, actually you can really, you can really get yourself like in a tiny little box if you want to, if you know what to do, or if you know how to like teach the algorithm what to show you. And Mm -hmm. so if you're interacting with negative stuff and if you're liking things that have a lot of negative interaction or if you keep clicking on negative things it's going to keep showing you that stuff like oh well, I need to see what this person said no you don't Brenda don't click on it like it'll just keep showing you more you know right, right. and so yeah no and you know I hear the thing and in all of human history there's always going to be drama there's mm-hmm. going to be drama about quilts I work in a bookstore there's drama about books there's always just going to be drama but that doesn't mean that you need to be part of it. Right. And so you can let it exist and be like, I love watching Real Housewives. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to live a Real Housewives lifestyle, but like, girl, throw it on a screen, do some sewing, I'm in. Um, but I try very much to keep all my drama on a screen that I can pause them and um, walk away. And yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get upset about quilts. Generally mm-hmm. speaking, I'm sure I'll eat my words at some point, but like, and my mom used to say that when people would like miscut something at the store or whatever, and she'd be like, and they'd be worried. And she's like, we work with fabric. This is, you're fine. This is mm-hmm. not a big deal. Um, my background's actually in neuroscience and biochemistry. And so like when things would mess up, it was like a much bigger deal. <laughs> yeah. so, like people like quilt drama. I'm like, did anyone die? And they're like, nope. I'm like, you good. Everything's you- fine then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah you're fine so you're like nobody's brain got scrambled we're good yeah everyone we're you fabric no sorry I can't have my island bird down I can't be mad yeah. about fabric right sorry. oh yeah. your so, island yes so mm-hmm. actually okay so um fires absolutely terrible um for those of you that don't remember in August Maui wildfires um burnt down Lahaina and just kind of all over the island Kihei got some burn Mm -hmm. but that is actually what first started me on social and quilt world because as soon as it happened and we realized the depths of the destruction and that people lost just everything yeah uh, the first things that popped in my mind was like they're gonna need quilts yeah like they're gonna need quilts Mm -hmm. and so I did a post of like hey I'm in Maui um this is what's happening and I need I need the quilt community to show up for the people of Maui. Yeah. Um, and they lost everything. And I know you have some quilts hanging out at home and we don't, we don't, and they need yeah. them. And yeah. So I did about that and about the volunteer efforts we were doing and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so quilters started sending hundreds and then it became thousands of quilts to the house. And that's, that was like another reminder of like, I need quilters in my life because it quilters don't hesitate to help no in any way they can. You know, um, as quilters, they sent money, they sent gift cards, they sent items. I had like a Target list and an Amazon list and like people mm-hmm. just were so, by people, I mean quilters. Quilters just had such a heart and such an outpouring. And like I said, thousands of quilts arrived that I was like, this is the group of humans I want to spend the rest of my life with. Yeah. And, um, 
So yeah, I will spend the rest of my life with quilters for sure. Yeah. It's a space I want to, and I think that's why I want to see it change because like, I know it has already changed so much and opened up so much, but it's because even in the spaces where maybe people don't feel super welcome, there's always a handful in that, those groups that will drop everything to help you. They're like angels and they are open and welcoming. And so it's like, just seeing more of that because yeah, their quilters are some of the most generous people I've ever met in my life. And, you know, our guild pulled together a bunch of quilts to send to Maui. And that was like lovely with the California fires, like Mm -hmm. the last few years, like again, same efforts, like, and not just like, Oh, here's a little throw size quilt. Like, no, we're sending like queen size quilts to make sure people had bedding and, you know, also kid quilts, baby quilts to make sure that the children had things. And yeah, it's just like one of those things. Nobody hesitated. We were all just like, yep, anything we have, we'll send it. And I think that that is normal for quilters to to stop their busy lives and say, can I help you? Yep. And with knowledge, with quilts, with, with a listening ear, I think, I think 96% of quilters are just givers by heart. And I, I've always called quilts tangible love. It's just love you can feel. That's yep. all it is. And we make so many because our hearts have so much love. <laughs> it doesn't fit. Because we have. And yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I think quilters are truly the best humans alive. For sure. Yeah. Yep. For sure. It's gosh. And yeah, like I just, my heart broke as I just sat there and watched everything burn it's like what do you uh, I'll yeah I'll send a quilt like I can't do anything else but I can do that you know or like I can send money or it's it's devastating but I think the rallying to pull together anything that people needed was was really beautiful to see and you know hopefully I haven't looked into how the recovery is going or you know well, how things are going I wouldn't recommend it no it's just real sad you should yeah. not do anything I mean you I wouldn't <laughs> yeah that's what I figured but and I think too like that help but also acknowledging that like also don't be a tourist at this time or maybe that helps but like I don't know it's it's hard because I think it hugely helps. Um, like so anyone's listening to this and like, should I go to Maui? Please, for the love of God, come to Maui mm-hmm. and spend your money and get a massage and go to restaurants and tip well. Um, because a lot of people who weren't directly affected by the fire, maybe they weren't living on the west side. Um, but when the like for a while, like no one was coming, which would have been great for like two weeks to 10 days, but it went on for months, which mm-hmm. again, from what I've heard, like the media coverage on the mainland was very, very confusing of like, mm-hmm. should we go? Should we not? Like, I don't want to be a bad person. So I'm going to stay away. And unintentionally that put us into a more financial depression here on the island. Um, and so, yeah, we definitely still want people to come to Maui, but don't go to the West side. Just like, don't go gawk at people's loss. Yeah. Um, that's so much bigger than just Lahaina. And, um, so yeah, don't, 
and that's just true anywhere at anyone's loss um yeah yeah yeah, and you're right it was confusing because it's like there was so many um mixed messages like some kind of maybe well more well-known celebrities who are islanders are like don't come here you're not welcome like leave us alone at this time but then there's like other people being like no definitely come like tourism is our biggest money maker and then still on the same hand being like but also don't come here and i but i think what you're saying maybe it was to the point of like don't come where we're devastated go to the other parts of the island, support those businesses, support those people, because then that will in turn help the entire island. And so, um, so I can want to do right, but it's going to be like, there's a lot of information out there. Yeah. And you don't want to be disrespectful. And I think that's like, when you have these like respected celebrities saying, don't come here, you're like, okay, I won't, I don't want to disrespect anybody. Like you're, this is your ancestral home. Like, I don't want to fuck with juju like I don't know and and so like I could see that being confusing but yeah you're uh, but what you're saying makes total sense like just don't don't go and gawk at the devastation go to the places where you can where your tourist dollars can be beneficial yeah well nobody wants you to like I don't want you to go look at my darkest day no stand there and look at it no so it's just the same. Just don't go to someone's darkest day as mm-hmm. part of your trip. Right. You know? But, yeah. And it's just that, like, that, mm, I don't know if I have, like, coherent way no, to say this. On all of it, it's fine. But um, the, like, that kind of, like, people standing around gawking or, like, someone, like, coming to like, well, I need to go see this person and while they're ill. And then they just stand there like, I just feel so sorry. And it's like to make themselves feel better. Like, well, I went and I felt so bad for those people. It's like, okay. Like, how did you help? Well, I didn't. Okay, great. Get out of here. You know, it's like, so, so yeah, it's like, if, if it's self-serving so that you can feel like you showed pity, like, don't do it there. Yeah. Cause yeah. that was the problem. People were like, I got a picture in my like burnt down. I'm like, well, do you, why (laughs) do you hear yourself? (laughs) I didn't. And I live here. (laughs) Like I will never do that. But yeah. 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 But yeah. Filters are amazing. That's, that's a little of that story. Full full oval back to filters are amazing, generous, giving people. And I think that's why this community is so strong. And I think that's why we can and do see changes happening that are for the benefit of everyone who wants to be in the quilt community and, you know, find like-minded quilters and find groups of people that, that lift them up and, and don't make them feel stupid for making silly mistakes. And it's like, I think on one of your reels, like you were joking about, like, I've been quilting for, you know, my whole life. And I still make this kind of silly mistake all the time. And I'm like that all the time, you know, it it's, we're working with machines, but we're still human and there's always room for error and it's okay. And like, uh, on a recent episode, I was talking to Anne Scahill of, um, Crafty Moose Quilts. And we were talking about like, 
I say that's good enough. And she always says sufficient, like that's sufficient. And mm -hmm. we always like joke back and forth. Like we even still keep texting each other. Like, oh my gosh, I was just sitting here thinking like, okay, that's good enough. And then I was like, oh my gosh. And, and she's like, oh, that's so funny. Cause I was just thinking this is, this is sufficient. Like Amanda would be so proud. Like, it's just one of those things where you, you have the skills. If you mess up, it doesn't mean you're bad. And if you find a group of people who also have that same, the same perspective on quilting as you do and can lift you up, then like, that's all, that's all a girl can ask for. Yeah. Also, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. And remember if anyone else is like, if they have perfect everything, they're probably a serial killer. Probably. Let's well, be honest. Like they're probably a serial killer. I've watched a little beat line. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, oh, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure well I have really enjoyed getting to know you and oh my God, do you want to be friends for real I mean obviously yes of course so I know and I just am so grateful for the content that you're putting out there and making quilting just feel more real and more relatable and being an authentic voice in sometimes what seems like a sea of perfection and and I again back to what we we're saying like you are perfect exactly how you are exactly how you were made that's exactly how you were supposed to be and so when brave because it feels brave right it feels courageous to show up in your authentic skin and be who you are um it just encourages more of it and so I really am grateful to you for being one of those voices out there doing that and making a safe place for people to just be themselves. Yes. Again, I only want to be friends with people who are fully themselves. Um, and it's fun getting questions. Like I'll get DMS and they're like, hi, I'm so sorry. I'm a beginner. So if you don't want to answer this, you don't have to. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I love beginners. Do you know what beginners mean? Beginners mean that somebody else is about to embark on this magical journey that the rest of us are a little further down the path. Like, yeah, I love beginners. Mm, and so me too. Yeah, I think it's magical. I think what you're doing of like also through this podcast of like making us all human and not just <laughs> on, on Instagram. Um, yeah. Oh, wait, an actual person is doing this mm -hmm. uh, who actually wants to be your friend and who actually has a life outside of quilting and actually is like, oh, is anyone going to like this? Do I have friends out there that I don't know about? Um, and so I, I thank you for what you're doing for the mm -hmm. world. And thank I you. am a zillion percent envious of your future QuiltCon adventure. But uh, next yeah. year, we'll do it together. Yeah, it'll be so fun. Yes, we will be there together in 2025. And yeah. it's going to be a great adventure. And I um, I honestly am going to be looking out for that Bali trip because I might need a quilty, quilty trip year. Yeah. Well, if anybody's listening and they don't know where to find you on the Instagram, what is your Instagram handle? Oh, my Instagram is quote with Miss Kate. And um, yep, I just checked. I always <laughs> wonder if there's an S or not. <laughs> and oh. I have to look it up like all the time. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what it is. So yeah, it's quilt with Miss Kate because okay. I, my real, my real one, my other one is life with Miss Kate. And then I had one for books and that was read with Miss Kate. And so. Oh. Oh, I like it. I like it. 
So yes, if you want to find me, it is um, on Instagram primarily, quilt at, with Miss Kate. I will try to be a TikTok girly one day, I swear. It's just not, not today. It's hard. I am not a TikTok girly either. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Am I too old? I don't know. I know. But I also thought that about Instagram. I was like, everyone who's going to be like anyone on Quilty Instagram already does it and is good at it and doesn't have anything to learn. And I was like, there's no space for me. And then I moved to a rock in the middle of the ocean. And I was like, well, it has to be because I need friends. Or like, move over. I'm coming in. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Goddesses outside. It's like the swamp monster is coming through. <laughs> so. Uh, oh yeah and you have your new swamp monster mug so people can go check that out too yeah it's just for anyone who doesn't get dressed up before they quilt um we should be buddies yeah yeah leggings and t-shirts always (laughs) okay well thank you so much have a good rest of your day Bye. bye